Our first uh, scripture reading is from the Old Testament. It's from the prophet Amos, the fifth chapter, and I'll be reading verses 21 through 24. Amos is one of the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. Minor not because they're uh, unimportant, but minor because those books are small compared to the major prophets like Daniel, Ezekiel, and uh, Jeremiah, and Isaac. So uh, follow along as I read from Amos chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. These are words that pack a powerful punch as uh, Amos cuts right to the chase. He says, I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A gentleman by the name of Lauren Isley uh, tells a story of uh, spending the night in a, a small coastal town. And that night there was a violent storm that was so uh, bad it actually shook the building where he was sleeping. Well, he got up early the next morning to go for a walk along the beach. And what he saw on the beach startled him because there were millions of starfish and shellfish and other uh, sea creatures that had been cast out of the ocean and onto the shore during the night. And as he walked along that sort of wet strip of sand, he stepped over all these crabs and, and shellfish and starfish. And he said this, I began to see a kind of of, of metaphor of life itself, that life is a jungle where only the strong survive, and that might makes right. And to reinforce that point, every once in a while, a circling seagull would swoop down in front of me and gobble up a small hermit crab that had been thrown out of the ocean. Here was the battlefield of life, strewn with the wounded, punctuated by the cannon roar of pounding waves. Well, as he continued walking along, he saw these uh, professional shell collectors bent over with their gunny sacks, and they were collecting the finest specimens of sea life that had been cast out of the ocean and onto the shore during the night. Well, with a second storm sort of looming on the horizon, uh, Lauren Isley hurried past those collectors. And then he came upon a lonely figure. Now, he just assumed it was another collector who had sort of struck out on his own, but there was something different about this person. Even though the man was stooped over like a collector, he didn't have a gunny sack with him. And every once in a while, he would stand up, he would take a starfish, and he would fling it back into the ocean. And so puzzled, Lauren Isley asked the man, are you a collector? And the man said, only like this, the stars, they throw well, you can save them. And he threw another one, and another one, and more and more of them. Well, Lauren Isley walked on, but a few minutes later, he stopped in his tracks, he turned around, and he jogged back to the side of the star thrower. That morning he said, I lost myself in the task of throwing stars. He said, I found my purpose among the stars. I became a simple thrower of starfish. Jesus Christ was a star thrower. He spent his life among the castoffs of life sea, the friendless, the homeless, people who lived on the fringe of town or on the fringe of society. And then picking up each and every one of these, he would fling them 
into the vast ocean of God's unconditional love. Well, friends, I just want to let you know that Jesus is still in the business of coming along the side of people who are in pain on life's shore. He's still throwing stars. The only difference now is that he's, he is using us and our hands and our feet as the church of Jesus Christ. This morning, I am in the third in my sermon series on our 40 days in the word. And our second scripture reading this morning is from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. What I'm calling in my message, the gospel according to Nike. That, that verse, one verse, James 1, 22, is the signature verse for this study. It is the kind of just do it Bible verse for us. And so I invite you to join me as I now read from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. James says this, he says, but be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. And friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we pray in our hearts today that light would illumine for each of us the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. For it is in his name that we pray, amen. So James says, right out of the shoot, be doers of the word. And he adds, do not merely listen to the word. In other words, don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Don't just download the word, email the word, text the word, or tweet the word. Believe it or not, simply doing what you're doing right now can also be self-deceiving by just listening to the word. Verse 122 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. I think it's really easy for us to kind of pat ourselves on the back for being here in worship and in the sanctuary this morning. Maybe you're one of those who tiptoed out of bed quietly this morning, leaving some people behind, maybe just starting to stir and wake up. And now you're saying, hey, here I am in church. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to sing. I'm, I'm really special, God. It's sort of like I'm a, I'm a spiritual hero. James says, pump the brakes, <laughs> not so fast, especially if you just stop there, because it's easy to deceive, to deceive ourselves. Hearing God's word can, can thrill our hearts. It can tickle our ears, but it doesn't mean it's going to move our feet. And so if we simply listen to the words that are in the Bible without it ever taking root in our hearts and in our lives, then that can be hazardous. To our spiritual health. It's, it's kind of like a narcotic. It can give us delusions of spiritual grandeur. Well, in verse 23, I love this, James uses the illustration of a person who looks in the mirror, but then turns and walks away and forgets what they look like. That mirror, in other words, has no power to change our imperfections. I have to tell you this, when I looked in the mirror this morning, I saw a real challenge staring back at me. And you do too, by the way. 
And so you know what you do. You go back into the bathroom, you wash your face, you comb your hair, you brush your teeth, and you use those cosmetics. Ladies, did you know that the derivation of the word cosmetic comes from the Greek word cosmos, which means to bring order out of chaos? <laughs> so if you look in the mirror 10 times or 100 times or 1,000 times, without ever changing thing, then you're always going to look and be the same. Well, in the very same way, James says, when you pick up the Bible, reflect it back, look from those pages, as all of our bumbles and fumbles and stumbles, and say, he says, if you walk away and you don't do anything change, well then, you're as self-deceived as a guy who thinks he's as handsome as Ben Affleck, or a lady who and some plain Jane who thinks that she's as gorgeous as Jennifer Lopez. The purpose, in other words, of looking in the Bible is to come away with a list of changes that God wants us to make in order for us to be the people that God truly wants us to be. So, what's the answer? Well, James gives us his all-famous uh, soundbite in verse 22. He says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Hearing alone is not enough. You can't come to church and just be a hearer. Now, in, in, in the Latin, the word for audio is, 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 is hearing. And, and back in college, you may have had this happen to you. There may have been a course where the subject matter you, fascinated you, but uh, the professor who's teaching the course may have had a, a reputation for being a really hard grader. You didn't want it to jeopardize your grade point average, your GPA, and you decided to audit the class. So you're an auditor, not a hearer, which means that you didn't have to do any of the assignments. Well, I apologize for having to say this to you after you're already here this morning, but you can't audit God's class. If you showed up here this morning, you're watching at home, you have to do the assignments. James' words here are holding you and me accountable to, people, to, to be people who not uh, just talk a good game, but engage in the gospel according to Nike. Just do it. So he wants us to basically take the, the leather off of our Bibles and, and turn it into shoe leather in our daily living. The problem I think we have in our busy lives is that all of this takes time. It just takes time. And so I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this. How well do you handle interruptions in life? It's interesting to me to look at how Jesus handled interruptions. Matthew's gospel tells about the one time that Jesus was locked into this fierce debate with the Pharisees, back and forth, back and forth. And right in the middle of that debate, it says a ruler came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died. Come and put your hand on her so that she will live. And Jesus, in that moment, is moved with compassion. He stops the debate with the Pharisees mid-sentence, and he goes off with this distraught father. And as he's walking along with the man, guess what? He gets interrupted again. It says, just then, a woman who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years touched the end of his robe. Jesus stops again, heals the woman, and then he continues on to that father's house, Jairus' house. Jesus was incredibly interruptible. A while back, there was a story of a traffic officer 
in Los Angeles, California, who ticketed a car with a parking ticket that had a dead man sitting behind the steering wheel of the car. This uh, parking patrol officer took his ticket and he put it through the open window of the man's car, placed it on the dashboard, and then drove off, leaving the dead man sitting behind the wheel of his car. He either didn't notice or he just couldn't be bothered. So, how does that make you feel? Angry? Upset? Or are you just one of those dry-eyed realists who say, hey, that's, that's life in the big city. Billy Graham once said, the smallest package in the world is the person wrapped up in himself. Maybe star throwers are crazy. Maybe the only rational response to this world is just to put blinders on and not care a lick. I don't think the Old Testament prophet Amos would agree. Because Amos said there's only one contact lens through which we get a clear view of the world, and that is through a tear. And Amos cried. He cried for the widows. He cried for the orphan. He cried for people who are poor. And he said that there's nothing worse and more offensive to God than religiosity divorced from life to back it up. A singer by the name of Don Francisco sort of sums up the message for the church as it comes through the lens of Amos and James. Sings this, I don't care how many buses you own or the size of your sanctuary. It don't matter how steep your steeple if it's sitting on a cemetery. I don't care if you pave your parking lot or pad your pews. What good is a picture-perfect stage if it's missing all the cues? I don't care if you pray for miracles. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I don't care if you say you love me in every song you've sung. I don't care if your pastor's super-powered or your programs are brand new. What you need is love and truth, and all will come to you. It don't matter if you know the Bible, if it's all in, just in your head. The thing you need to ask is, have you done the things I've said? Do you love your wife? For her and your children, are you laying down your life? What about others? Are you living in service to your sisters and your brothers? Do you beg the poor one to, to, to give you a bone? Do, you, do the widow and the orphan cry alone? Lord, when were you a prisoner and we not come to you? When was it we saw you sick and did not follow through? Every time you turned your head and pretend you did not see, when you did it not to the least of these, you did it not to me. That's why Amos says, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. The problems of this world are so huge. The crises of this world are so immense that they literally threaten to engulf us. In other words, I guess what I'm saying is there's, there's so many starfish on the shore, we just can't get to them all. And so we think it's too big. Task is too great. We might as well just give up and go home. But then I remember what Blaise Pascal once said. He said, do great things as though they were small because of Jesus Christ and do small things as though they were great because of Jesus Christ. So Jesus shows us how to handle the problems of this world. To do it just like he did it. One person at a time. One moment at a time. One place at a time. And yes, even one sermon at a time. I believe I've shared this story with you before, but it just kind of fits so well that I want to close with it today. It's a story 
uh, in the movie, a scene in the movie from A Mass Appeal, which stars uh, Jack Lemon as in a wise old Episcopal priest who has this young, dashing young priest to come and serve with him in this uh, affluent suburban parish. Now, when this young priest steps into the pulpit to preach his first sermon on a Sunday morning, it just bombs. He, he clobbers the people with guilt about their expensive houses and their expensive cars and their expensive clothes. Well, afterwards, the, the wise old priest takes his young protege for a walk in the park, and he wants to, to talk to him to help him to preach in a way that the people actually can hear what he has to say. And so he says, you just can't, you can't hit people like that. And so the young priest says, well, what should I talk about? And the old priest says, well, talk about things that are personal to you. Did you have any pets when you were growing up? He said, well, I had a, all I had were goldfish. He says, well, then talk about your goldfish. <laughs> so next Sunday, this young priest rises to the pulpit. He looks out over the congregation. That's what he said. When I was a boy, my parents wouldn't let me have a dog or a cat. All I had was a tank of goldfish. And one day while I was out, someone turned up the heater on my tank of goldfish. And when I came in that night, I didn't notice it. That night while I slept, my goldfish boiled in the tank. The next morning I got up and here were my beloved precious goldfish floating on top of the water. Their eyes were popping out, their insides were coming out. And I remember thinking, I wish that fish could scream. If only fish could scream, then I would have heard them, and I could have saved my precious fish. He said, but then as I got older, I began to realize that people are a lot like fish. They go around with their eyes popping out and their insides spilling out, and they don't scream either. But then I remembered that Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And that is when I decided to become a priest. There are people all around us in this world, in your neighborhoods, in this church, who are a lot like goldfish. They don't scream even when their insides are coming out. And that is why it's important to be doers of God's word. Even if it's one person at a time, one moment at a time, in one place at a time, and yes, even one sermon at a time. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Lord God, we pray that you would uh, come now and, and, and breathe your Holy Spirit into us so that we might be um, might be willing to be people who um, don't mind being interrupted, people who are willing to offer our time, people willing to make a difference in this world that you have made. Help us not to be discouraged or overwhelmed by the immensity of the needs around us, but to be an encouragement, even if it is to one starfish at a time, one person at a time, one person whom we encounter. God, we pray that you would open our hearts so that we may be a blessing that promotes a just-do-it mentality and that it makes all the difference as it strengthens your church. It's to the glory of Jesus Christ we pray. 
Amen.